0: Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back to my sermon podcast. It is good to be back with you again. Uh, We are starting a brand new sermon series called Faith on Stage as we look at uh, certain musicals and and how we might connect those to our own faith lives. But first, let me read the passage that I'll be focusing on today. This comes from the Gospel of Mark. And uh, not long, actually, after... Uh, the passage that I read last week. This is going to be Mark 5, and starting at verse 25 and reading through verse 34. Now, there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, Who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. May God's blessing be on the reading and living out of this word several years ago i was fortunate enough to go to the uh, opening night of hamilton here in chicago uh, thanks to one of our site pastors at urban village had gotten a tip that if you made a donation to a certain nonprofit you get tickets this was before i think we kind of knew that hamilton was a big thing in new york but before it really became a cultural phenomenon so uh, we decided to go ahead and do that, and I'm really glad I did. We, Of course, it's an amazing show. I've seen it twice now here in Chicago. And that first night, as we were sitting there watching, uh, there was a person who sat down right in front of me, and I thought he looked a little familiar. But then during intermission, as we're standing up and stretching and looking all around us, I realized that I was right, that sitting right in front of me was uh, former Illinois Governor Pat Quinn. So he was just standing there with really no one Uh, he was kind of chatting with the person he was with, but not really. So I decided to strike up a conversation with him. I said, Governor, how do you like the show? So we started uh, talking and he asked what I did for a living and said I was a Methodist pastor and he knew about John Wesley, which surprised me a little bit. So we were chit-chatting and as we continued the conversation, I noticed that after a while, a small line of people started to come down and I could tell that they wanted to talk to him. Uh, And so I wasn't quite sure why that was, but then I decided to step aside so that others could also talk with him. And I realized that a lot of the people who wanted to talk to the governor were all folks, many of whom I assume identify as an LGBTQ person. And during Governor Quinn's governorship, he was there when Illinois first allowed civil partnerships for same gender couples, and then also for marriage when marriage finally became legal in Illinois before it became legal nationwide. He was the governor who signed off on both of those. And so people were lining up and wanted to thank him. And also just to begin to say why they were so appreciative. And they began to tell their stories. Now, I know the governor had something to do with it. I don't know how much you mean he signed the bill and he probably voiced his support for this, but I think there were probably others who really did a lot of the legwork to make this happen in Illinois. But still, it was just interesting to me to see these people who wanted so much to thank him, yes, but also they wanted to tell him their stories and why his action in signing those bills meant so much to them. I think... One thing that it told me is that we are created to, in some form or fashion, we're created to share our stories, and deep down we want others to know our stories too. Well, The arts give us amazing opportunities to tell stories in lots of creative ways. Over the next four weeks, we'll highlight musicals as a way to tell those stories and focus also on certain sacred stories, our scriptures, that convey truth too. All of these together, we hope, will be stories that uplift and transform. And so we're talking about stories. It's appropriate to start with a musical that ends with the song, Who Tells Your Story? Some of you may not be totally familiar with Hamilton. So for those who aren't, it's the, I'm getting this now from Broadway.com, the synopsis of Hamilton. It's the story of one of the unlikely founding fathers, Alexander Hamilton, who wanted to make his mark on the new nation. He started off as a bastard orphan and then became George Washington's right-hand man from rebel to war hero. He was a loving husband, caught in what might be called the country's first sex scandal, became treasury head, who made an untrusting world believe in the American economy. Others who have roles in Hamilton, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Aaron Burr, of course, all make their mark. So it tells the story of this unlikely person and all the different things that he goes through. Now, The genius behind the musical, many of you know, is Lin-Manuel Miranda. One of the many reasons Hamilton is remarkable is that Miranda lifts up the mostly unknown story of one of these founding fathers. Yes, but also Miranda lifts up the stories of others, too. For example, he has insisted that lead roles of Hamilton go to actors of color and he has given women, namely the Schuyler sisters, a larger role in this story of the revolution too. So not surprisingly, sharing our story is key for uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. I watched a couple of speeches that he gave, uh, one of which was a commencement speech of the University of Pennsylvania. And in this commencement speech, uh He says this. He says, I know that many of you made miracles happen to get to this day. I know that parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, and family behind you made miracles happen to be here. I know because my family made miracles happen for me to be standing here talking to you, telling stories. Your stories are essential, he said. If you don't believe me, in a year when politicians traffic and anti immigrant rhetoric, There is a Broadway musical reminding us that a broke orphan immigrant from the West Indies built our financial system. A story that reminds us that since the beginning of the great unfinished symphony that is our American experiment, time and time again, immigrants get the job done. A line, of course, from his musical. He continued saying, my dear terrified graduates, you are about to enter the most uncertain and thrilling period of your lives. The stories you are about to live are the ones you will be telling your children and grandchildren and therapists. <laughs> the power of story, as Lynn manuel Miranda emphasizes. Of course, as people of faith, we find numerous examples of courageous people telling their stories too. At Urban Village, we call them testimonies. Every week we invite people to come up and share their story. We give them a few minutes. And over the years, numerous people have told their stories. There has been laughter. There have been tears. There has been dance. There has been video. There have been conversations. Sometimes people proclaim their strong and abiding faith in Christ. Others confess they're not exactly sure what they believe or where they're going. But they're words that speak about what God is doing or has done in their lives. And these stories, these testimonies, are not always tied up in neat bows. Today's passage from the Gospel of Mark, I think, might be an example of that. You may have heard or read this healing story before, but when you dive into it, interestingly, it is remarkable for many reasons. Certainly, Jesus is a central point, and much of the attention may understandably be given to his healing powers And the compassion he shows this woman. But I think it's also important for us to take a closer look at this woman. And what she does to receive relief. The theologian and biblical scholar Dr. Wendy Cotter points out there's an extraordinary amount of attention given to this woman's story. Again, notice all of the different things that are mentioned about her. That she suffered for 12 years. That she suffered under many physicians that she has spent all of her money, that she's not been getting better, actually getting worse, that she'd heard about Jesus, and that she decided to come up from behind him and touch his garments. Now, this detail may not seem like a whole lot to you, but I think we need to remind ourselves about how difficult it was for women to speak and to share their stories during this time. In a typical Roman household, it said that the ideal woman would stay home, be surrounded by family. Things like shyness, modesty, quietness were honored. One of the early church fathers, a man named Tertullian, gave a fairly unfortunate quote once saying, a female would rather see than be seen. So women are to be in the background. So that's one reason why the details of this story are remarkable. And what is even more remarkable is that the woman in this story not only has the courage to reach out and claim her healing, but after Jesus asked who touched him, she comes forward fearful and trembling. But after sensing from Jesus and opening to speak her truth, she does. Again, in Mark verse 33 from the passage, it says, But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, in other words, knowing she had been healed and what it took for her to get healed, she came in fear and trembling, fell down before Jesus and told him the whole truth. The Gospel of Luke tells this story similarly with some slight differences. Here's a verse from the gospel of Luke that tells the same story. It says that when the woman saw that she could not remain hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had immediately been healed. This woman had been enculturated to stay in the background. But she had also suffered for so long. And when she finally claimed her healing, all she needed was a small opening for her to begin to tell her story. Again, I love these few words from verse 33. She tells Jesus the whole truth. And Luke adds the detail, she declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him. No longer, at least in this moment, no longer was she afraid. I think we can probably safely assume there have been been numerous people who told her to just put up with this ailment, to not make a big deal, to be quiet about it. But now, because of this healing, because of the power of Christ in her life, not only would she tell others about her story, but she would, in a sense, tell others about how and what Christ had done for her. She had to tell her story, and she would no longer let others stop her from doing so. What are the berries for you to tell your own story, especially your story of faith? What would it take for you to begin to deconstruct those barriers? Maybe you have been told because of your gender to not speak up, that maybe only the men are supposed to be doing the talking, especially when it comes to issues of faith. Or certainly because you identify as an LGBTQ person, you have been told to not speak up, or maybe because of your age, people have said, well, you're too old, or you're too young, or you don't know enough, you don't have a college degree, or you didn't go to school, or maybe because of what you do for a living, your story doesn't matter, certainly because of others who use race as an identifier, and maybe if you're a person of color, others have said to you that your story doesn't matter. But we see here in this text, and I think one of the things that this musical highlights too, is that your story, that your story matters a great deal. Maybe we can draw inspiration from this woman, not only to have the courage to claim Christ's healing for ourselves, but also drawing from her inspiration from her ability to tell the whole truth knowing that Jesus wants to hear our story. Last fall, uh, we were in worship at Urban Village, and we usually open with a series of songs, and so it usually lasts around 15, 15, 15 and 20 minutes of, of singing. And sometimes there's a young girl there named Cora I think she's probably maybe six or seven or so. And she will sometimes be so moved by the music, she'll come into the uh, middle of the floor and she will begin to dance. Uh, And so I think people now know that Cora is sharing her faith through dance. Uh, And often brings smiles to the faces of people who are watching her dance to the music. Well, one Sunday last fall, we finished with the music, uh, and Cora finished her dancing, and then she turned to our worship leader, Darren, and she had wanted to tell Darren something, and she whispered in his ear, and she was insisting that she wanted to say something. She wanted the microphone to say something. Now, I think uh, I will confess something to you. There are times in a worship service, where I kind of know how long something's going to last, maybe because we only have the space for a certain amount of time. I I confess that sometimes I'm maybe a little too cognizant of time. Normally, I think I'm pretty good about letting the spirit flow as the spirit will flow, but I'm also a little bit of a control, enough of a control freak to say, oh, this isn't part of the script. I'm not sure how long this is going to take, but she really wanted to say something. So Darren, out of the kindness of his heart, perhaps sense that the spirit was moving. And so Darren gave Cora the microphone. I'm going to see, I have the MP3, the recording of this. I'm going to see if I can somehow post this uh, on our Podbean page. But uh, I'm going to read to you what uh, Cora said. She said, why I dance and stuff is like I used to be afraid to dance, like stage fright. I thought everyone would laugh. But when I started to go to church, I decided to go up there, and I saw that no one would laugh. So I decided to do this and be who I am. And everyone should do like I did. Well, you don't have to dance like I did, but do like your own thing, and that will turn you into yourself. And There are times when people testify, give testimony, I should say, usually when someone is done giving testimony, people clap for their story. On this day, there was a roar of applause because she was able in just 60 seconds to succinctly talk about the power of telling your story and the power of testimony. And those words still ring true for me today. Do your own thing, and that will turn you into yourself. Throughout his ministry, Jesus consistently lifted up and centered the marginalized, not only to provide healing, but to give them a voice so that they could speak their truth to a society that often ignored them. The same is true today. Jesus desires each one of us to tell our story, even when it seems like no one else wants to hear it. At the end of Hamilton, during the song, Who Tells Your Story, Alexander's wife, Eliza, sings, And when my time is up, have I done enough? Will they tell my story? Others may tell your story, but you can begin telling your own today. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for listening to this uh, podcast. As always, you can reach out to me. Christian at org is my email address. And you can always go to my website, too. I'm putting up a new blog post that will be posted uh, sometime in the next couple of days. Um, actually, on my website, too, There is, I send out a newsletter, an e-newsletter twice a month, and usually on the 1st and the 15th of the month. And so if you would like to subscribe to that, you can go to my website and plug in your email and uh, you'll receive those uh, little e-newsletters. And so, friends, until next week, uh, may the peace of Christ be with you.